Hello and welcome back to another one of our Making Zen series where we're chatting with all the artists who are participating in the May Making Zen online retreat. So this afternoon we have the um, delightful opportunity to speak with Jodie Alexander. I'm just going to send her an invitation now so she can join the call. I'd love to hear a little bit about you. Where are you tuning in from today? What are you looking forward to with the Making Zen Retreat? And Hi. hello, here she is. How are you? It's so lovely to connect with you. Good. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Yes, really well. Um, like you say, it's we're always busy connecting by email, so it's it's nice to um, to finally be chatting face to face, so yes. to speak, at least over Instagram. Yes, yes. And for those of us who um, live under a rock <laughs> and may not have heard of you before, would you like to share a little bit about your history um, and your background? Just in art in general, or yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good um, place to start. Well, I guess I, I started out as a book artist. Um, I did start out as a book artist. So I did a lot of bookbinding, papermaking, printmaking. Um, bookmaking has stitching in it. And I've always really focused on um, not what's called um, exposed spine, non-adhesive bindings, where you can see the binding on the spine. I never wanted to cover it up. <laughs> and and um, I wanted to leave it exposed. So a lot of historical bindings I was really interested in. Um, so I, I did that for a number of years. I still am a book artist. Um, but the stitching started sneaking onto the page. And textiles started making mm. themselves in, in there, working themselves in there. And um, yeah, before long, I was doing pieces that were just textiles, textile books, but also wall pieces, objects. Um, and now I, I do say this, and I think it's honestly true. If I was put in front of a pile of yummy textiles and a pile of yummy papers, I think I would dive into the textiles first. I really, I, yeah, I really do really? think that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's, that's, well, it's totally fascinating because I only know, you, I'm aware of your work as a textile artist and the beautiful um, uh, men's and works that you create based upon the men's. So I'm fascinated to hear that you made your um, transition or your artistic journey starting off as a bookmaker and then slowly transitioning over time. Now, um, because I'm also really interested in bookmaking too, I just love, I don't know, there seems to be a really nice connection between textile arts and book arts. And um, when you say exposed binds, I, binding, I think of things yes. like the Coptic yeah. stitch. Yep. And what are some of the other historical bindings uh, that um, um, well, caught your the, fancy? Well, there's the long stitch and the decorative long stitch that are case bindings that are exposed. And um, the French stitch is something that's done and often covered. I love leaving it exposed. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few different ones. There's um, and then cross structure, which is a mm -hmm. different structure, 
kind of similar to the long stitch, but not really. So yeah, there is a buttonhole is a contemporary one. So there's a there's a, a lot of things to explore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there totally is. Well, you've just blown me away. <laughs> You, well, you have a, a really nice sensibility um, as a textile artist. And so I just um, made the assumption that that was kind of who you are first and foremost. So I think that's really lovely. Um, so as part of your workshop for the Making Zen Retreat, you share a lot of lovely samples that inspire your art. Were you collecting those whilst you were a book artist and that kind of helped inform? No, I wasn't, or... wasn't collecting them yet, but I um, was developing an interest in mended things. So probably about mm. 20 years ago um, is when I first saw Japanese mended textiles, Boro textiles, and it was also a year after I'd first seen um, the Quilts of G's Bend and was just blown away from, at the Whitney Museum, early 2000s in New York City. And I was just really blown away by that, the, the, the kind of raw, raw beauty mm -hmm. of them. And then I think it, it was a year later, I saw some Boro textiles in an exhibit in San Francisco. And um, they, yeah they just took me down to my knees. I just was just blown away by them. And the obvious evidence of care and use and human hand and um, wanting to keep them going. I just, yeah, I just really fell in love with that. But I was a book artist, I wasn't a textile artist. So I kind of filed that away a little bit. And um, I had a little, a little pamphlet that came with the exhibit and um, stashed it away in my studio. And then about 10 years ago, so about probably about 10 years after I, I first saw that, I had um, received a fellowship, which was funding and an exhibit, which is great. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> so I thought, and I was starting to wanting to want, I was starting to um, incorporate textiles into my work and into my book work and wanting to do more. So I thought, okay, this is a time to explore um, textiles and mending and figure out this next step. So I was able to go to Japan mm -hmm. for the first time and took a class or two and collected some books and just decided, okay, I'm gonna, gonna figure this out where I'm, where I'm going with this. And the mended textiles, especially the Japanese mended textiles, just um, were definitely a big inspiration. So I had some old European linen I wanted to work with and I had some, um, some books that were withdrawn from a library where I worked. I worked as a librarian for 30 years. And they did a, a massive purge, um, deaccessioning of books, which needed to be done. It wasn't a sad thing. It was like, yeah, these things needed to go. Um, so I was at first wanting to work with the pages of the books, but then the cloth on these old books, I was them off of the books. Mm -hmm. 
and wanting to work with those and the European linden and the idea of mending and then also some imagery I was kind of gleaning from these books. So I'm like, how, how can I combine all of these things? So um, that's what I spent a lot of that those two years of the fellowship and the little bit of traveling and learning was developing that um, developing that new series, which I talk about in my presentation for um, making sense. So um, yeah, so and then so it was during that time that I started collecting, um, you know, samples, because there's nothing like the real thing, you know, you can look at and uh, um, things online, but really um, having the object and um, examining it, kind of seeing how it's done. So I taught myself all of those mending techniques by looking at the textiles that I had collected and, and, and images that I saw in books and, and online. And I kind of figured out the vocabulary of it. And yeah, and that's what I talk about um, in the book that is also part of Making Zen. So can I hold that up, that little? Uh, this is the um, yes. paper copy of it. And as part of Making Zen, I'm, uh, if you get the access pass, right, um, a PDF version of that. And I, I take the reader through the vocabulary of the, you know, Japanese mending techniques and, um, and that, cause that's how I kind of figured out how to incorporate it into my artwork. I just was like, okay, I have to sit down and just figure this out. What am I seeing? Okay. Yes. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and then, okay. Oh, I'm seeing that variation. Okay. I'm going to do that. And you know, that's the only way you learn, right? Is by doing, you can look and look <laughs> until you try make mistakes and go oh no no that's not good or you know that's good yeah it's good i'm gonna keep doing that so yeah yeah and and that is that is so true because you can look at something and understand it intellectually but it's not until you physically sit down and you do it that and you're working with the materials and you're working with your fingers and trying to get the materials to work with your fingers and you know especially with some of the processes that you're working with where you have to tuck the fabric under and there's all those kind of little nuances that when you look at it you're like yeah that makes perfect sense but until you actually sit down and physically do it you don't understand or yeah. you come to realize uh there might be little tricks that you need to do or things that you need to be mindful of or all those kind of bits that mm -hmm. and you also your materials doing. how your materials are behaving you can think oh i'm going to use this and this and then yeah. it's like oh those do not work together <laughs> you know it's like you can't even get that thread <laughs> through that fabric or something like that you know i mean you really yeah you really just kind of have to do and that's why I love doing and I love teaching sampler books because that's a great way to just get your hands um, just knowing how how to do these things and figuring out what materials you like don't like it's part of the learning process not like it mm -hmm. and um, so sampler books are are great yeah yeah, and that's true. And I wanted to say, yeah, it's really about the material memory that we have with our hands, actually meaning muscle memory. But I think material mending memory means is a good way of describing it, isn't it? Because you do have it start to have an affinity with materials that work and threads that work and some things just don't yeah. gel at all. And 
Yeah, 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 so much so. And um, just thinking about your fellowship and the, the process that you went through it over the, the two years, did you go into the fellowship with that express intention or you just had a, a space of time to create a body of work that was loosely based around a concept that you had Right, yeah, it was very, um, it was very loose and free. The fellowship, which was very, very nice, funding reviews on whatever oh, we wanted, yeah. and then just at the end of the two years, we are expected to, to put together an exhibit, which is a little bit of pressure, you know. But I was ready to uh, kind of transition from one series. I was feeling done with it. So what am I going to do next? So it was really a, a perfect time. So I just goal okay I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna figure this out I don't I don't know what this is gonna be but I know I want to use these materials and kind of this and then the concept kind of developed which was about um, it was called keep modern library keep k-e-e-p modern library and it became about what we keep and what we don't both uh, emotionally and physically the things that we keep the things we gather the things we need to move on and same with emotional things baggage attachment um so that that's it became kind of a study and meditation on that and it was um based on the the library books that had been withdrawn you know these were some of them were beautiful books and but at their time as a college library book was up, you know, <laughs> it was time for them to move on. So it was okay. And then they, and a lot ended up in my studio. So that was okay with me. So, um, so yeah. And then there was a little um, rubber stamp that a friend gave me that the library was getting rid of that said, keep on it, which was so funny to me. Like, why would you stamp <laughs> and deface it with a stamp that said keep so maybe that's where the library was getting rid of it it's like this doesn't make sense so that became the name of the the um the series keep modern library and i was kind of creating this new library of things that i was giving new life but i was also um thinking a lot about you know what we what we keep and what we need to move on and sustainability and the mending worked into that as well the old european textiles everything that i was using was old except for the thread and then also the imagery from the library books i was creating rubber um a block print or a blocks carving blocks and stencils and i was doing some transfers and those kind of just floated a little bit ghost-like through the um all the pieces in the the exhibit so it was a little bit multi-layered <laughs> it's it's sorry i um it just it sounds wonderful and i'm trying to imagine it in my head and i love um because you're uh, starting off as a book artist so it's a very three-dimensional way of working whereas quite often textiles can be considered two-dimensional even though it has the opportunity to be three-dimensional so i'm imagining that your um exhibition would have been a lovely combination of objects and also textiles that might be displayed flat on the wall or prints that were also uh, yes there were the wall. Uh, wall pieces and then there were some 
books that I made, you know, books out of the books. <laughs> and um, I made a dress and I called it the, um, the bookmobile, I think. I, I call it the, I sometimes gave them names of things around the library, like new acquisitions and to run and circulation <laughs> and uh, reference. And so, so I gave a lot of them names like that. Um, I ha it was bookmobile, but I had a, a different title to it too. I can't, I can't remember what that was because it was a movie and that one I could move around with in it. <laughs> and I wore it during the reception, the opening and closing receptions, I think. And I made a scroll. And then I also had the books that had been, I called it skinning the books. I actually didn't hurt the books. You could still read them. I just took the cloth off of them. Then I kept all the skinned books. So I had a pile, a mound of those. And then I had piles of the, in color order of the books I was collecting. Cause that was my, you know, I couldn't go to the store and buy a color I had to find my colors in the the, um, the book covers so yeah it was there were some installation qualities to it and a few objects yeah fabulous do you have um, images yeah yeah so on my website which is my name.com jodyalexander.com that's my art website so that's you can see all of the series I've done over the years and I think that yeah that that comes right up the keep modern library and then um, after I spent installed that exhibit I felt like I wasn't done with working with the materials but I kind of was ready for a slightly different phase, some different imagery and maybe using the sewing machine a little bit. So I went into a, the, um, a sub-series called Bibliomuse. And so I did Bibliomuse one and two, and then I finally was done. <laughs> and that's all on, yeah, that's all on my website. It's um, totally fascinating because um, I'm just thinking if you were a librarian for 30 years, then part of your, I'm imagining part of the ethics behind a librarian is caring for and looking after books. Um, and so then for you to be working with books and you're skinning them and taking them apart, how did you feel about that? Was that something that you felt a little bit of discomfort? I knew you were, you were leading up to that. <laughs> I know some people, some people would come up to me and said, you have issues <laughs> What's going on here. <laughs> but um, I think it, it's just the love of the materials. And I do love the books. I love the printed page. Um, and, and I was and it's very, it was very subjective for me. Some, I would get the book and I'd go, Oh, I, I can't touch this. I just, I need to just keep this as, or pass it on as it is and then some it's like this book has had it you know i mean some of them were badly damaged i got a um a number of probably around eight or so of hemingway books um old man in the sea yes and also rises and um and they were just loved to death by the students they were really falling apart they had mm -hmm. coffee stains on them they were faded they had black tape on the spine that badly repaired um, at some point, they were really ready to be replaced. So they weren't gotten rid of, they were re replaced. Mm -hmm. So these ones I felt like, okay, I can really, you know, so I, I definitely skinned those. I still have those, the skinned ones of those. So yeah, it was very subjective. So I saw that there mm -hmm. 
lifespan as a book in the college library or even as a useful book it was was maybe done and ready for a new you know new new chapter so that's i guess how i kind of justified it um but like i said there were some that i was just oh this is too precious i can't you know <laughs> defile this book <laughs> uh, i can understand i i feel the same i um I love the idea of creating using old books and found books, but I haven't actually had the courage, I guess you could say, to actually go in and, and work with them in such a way. Um, so that's why I'm always curious. So it sounds like the books were inviting you to give them a new life because they'd, they'd been read and loved to death and borrowed many, many, many times. And, and so they were ready to, right. to yeah, be exactly. transformed. Yeah. Yeah. And that is hard. Sometimes making that first cut, that first tear was hard. And, you know, I have that problem now with old textiles that I work with. I work with some beautiful old um, European linens, hundred year old, you know, uh, hand spun, hand woven linen. It's so beautiful, but it's, my fabric it's the fabric i i work with every once in a while i have one i mean i have one i guess just one really now that's upstairs on my couch that i'm just like no this one is just too beautiful i couldn't get into it a lot i try to get ones that do have flaws so i feel a little better about it you know have holes and it gives me something to work with too but sometimes making that first cut into that you know big big sheet of of beautiful linen but it has also lived a life um, yeah giving it i'm giving it a, a new life so <laughs> well it's it's interesting that you should say you, you've been working with materials that have been hand spun because i've just recently finished a book about the processes and just the amount of time that would have gone into the the making of these old textiles like the old linen for example with the growing of it and then turning it into a fiber that's spinnable and then spinning with it and then weaving it and it's um it's quite fascinating the whole amount of labor that is associated with it which then in turn uh would equate to uh, value yeah as well yeah so, and i saw something recently on on instagram an account where a woman was talking about the old european linens compared to new um even new french linen and she was talking to somebody in a mill i think and he said oh we just can't even make it like that anymore he just there it just wasn't possible with their the kind of I guess machinery they have now and maybe the time but it sounded like um he was saying it's just not even possible <laughs> these are are special yeah. but I do use them in my artwork and um and there's just nothing like it you know yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely there's, I, I would imagine that there's just a, I don't know, there's a tactility about it that uh, the hand-touched materials always have versus the very right. uniform um, machine um, milled mm, stuff of, of yeah. today. Yeah. The, way it, the way it drapes, yeah. hangs, 
behaves. And they're all a little different too. And I can even see like the hand woven stuff. I can see where, oh, someone was a little tense here. Because it gets, have you noticed that when you work with like some woven fabric, it gets real tight in areas and it's a little looser, looser in areas. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's totally human, human handmade. <laughs> Well, exactly. And I mean, you can even, uh, gosh, when I'm knitting, you know, if you're tense, the stitches can be a lot tighter and, and even hand stitching as well. If, if I'm not in a place of um, quiet and relaxed zen and I'm rushing and I'm trying to get stuff done, then yeah. the stitches reflect that kind of Definitely. energy, I guess I'll you could say. Too. Um, yeah, my book binding, one yes, of my sir. book binding teachers, I mean, I think I heard this from a number of teachers, but one really stressed it. He said, you only, you know, finish binding, start and finish binding your book in one sitting. Don't even get up to go to the bathroom because you'll, you'll come back and your tension will be off and definitely not from day to day. Don't mm -hmm. go have lunch. Do it one city. So, um, yeah, and it's true. One time I was doing a book that was so big, I, I couldn't finish it. And I went back to it and I'm like, oh, wow, I really, I can see this. I, I you know, sometimes it takes doing it wrong <laughs> to see, um, to really drive that, that concept home. But tension is, because it's a feel yeah. too. Maybe it's not totally to do with your mood, but it's a feel and you get into a rhythm and a pull and and if you lose that you come back and your new new tension new new pull yeah 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 it's oh i can totally understand that even just doing hand stitching and you get into a rhythm and it's all going along smoothly and then i find sometimes if something ca ca catches my attention or i change thoughts for a moment and then i come back and i'm like where was I again? And it can, can just even from that can change up the way where the needle goes and the rhythm and the movement. So right. I can totally see how that makes sense. So when it comes to making books, you like have to do a visit to the washroom before you begin. No drinking water or anything whilst you're... <laughs> so is it like a, a bookmaking marathon? How long does it usually take for you to... And it's when you're just binding books. Binding, you know, book binding is a lot. It's tearing down the paper, it's making the holes, it's the actual stitching and then working on your cover material. So this is just in regards to the sewing. So, you know, maybe and you know, maybe an hour or two if it's that's a lot of binding, two hours. That would be a really big mm. book. So it's 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 doable. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's so much fun. I just um thinking about it because I attempted to make a Coptic book many, many years ago. But it I because I was learning as I was going, it it took me more than a couple of hours. So I, I guess you're speaking as a master book binder that you couldn't yeah. get one of those. Uh, yeah. Well it's like anything, the more you do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh muscle memory yes. or material memory as we were yeah. talking about a moment ago. Yeah, yeah.
Uh, well, Jody, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Um, I don't even have, think we've had a chance to hold up some of the beautiful textiles that we've been referring to. So let's, yeah, if you've got a, an extra so, moment. So, um, yeah, so my presentation with Making Zen is called For the Love of the Back Patch. I love the back patch mending technique. So it's divided into three parts. The first part, I'm showing my personal collection of um, mended textiles from Japan, France, and, and India. And then the second part where I'm showing some of my artwork that I was just talking about. And then the third part is where I show you how I make a back patch. So this is um, just a, a Japanese textile. You can see what I mean about the back patch. So the um, damaged area is cleared out and then another piece of material is uh, stitched on from the back and then around the edge. And there's so many variations of it. And then this is an example of what I was talking about, the European linen and the book skins. And there's a little backpack. You can see that's from a book, the modern library. That's the modern library guy <laughs> that you call number. Um, yes, this is a little, a little guy. Yeah. So my, PowerPoint shows more about of that that series and then yeah and then I move on to um this is my little sample that I I will do with you guys during the presentation and you're welcome to stitch along with me on on that and then um yeah and then again part of the all access pass is the the book that yeah um, it's called the Boro Aesthetic, and that was the name of a class that I taught a lot for a while, and people were just wanting to take it everywhere, all around the world. I want to take it, I want to take it, but I can't get to you, and we can't get you to me. And so I thought, I just need to write this up so that it's accessible to, to people. So it's available on blurb and book form and uh, ebook form and through Making Zen um, All Access Pests in the PDF. Yes, and it it really is. So just um, coming along next week and following along to Jody's class is really going to open up your eyes with just the potential that this backpatch has from uh, a utilitarian uh, use, which is patching and mending our clothes, right through to how Jody has elevated it to an, an art form. So it, it really is going to be a fabulous workshop and you'll have to start putting your fingers into this material muscle memory to Let's start do practicing it. these processes. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. That's right. And yes, of course, with the all access pass as well, getting that wonderful um, edition of the, the book, which is such a, a treasure in itself to have. And uh, if it's, if you're dipping your toes in the water with some of these techniques now, then it will be a really good resource to get you yes. kind of going to that <laughs> next level. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Jody. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, it's been so lovely learning about your journey from a book artist through to a textile artist and all those meandering journeys in between. Uh, is there anything you'd like to share with um, us before no, we wrap up? No, just say, uh, yeah, I look forward to, um, to any questions and comments on the workshop and just engaging next week. I've been having fun myself. Um, watching some of the workshops of my co-presenters. It's been a real treat. I don't always allow myself. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm learning yes. some great, 
great things. And not only the techniques that have been kind of, you know, advertised, but lots of material tips and tool tips and just little ways of working. It's, um, it's an amazing lineup. Yeah. It really is. And, and it's fascinating that you should say that because as, um, we're all textile artists within this retreat. And we all have things that little different ways of working, little different techniques that um, when you watch a video, you're like, that's really interesting, like tying a knot or threading a needle or putting materials together. There so is. there's always there's something to learn. Little golden yeah. nuggets, yeah, where it's like, oh, well, I kind of know how to do that. But you watch it and you're like, oh, my God, I, I didn't realize I could do that or that, do it that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. That's, that's what I like to think. Approach it with beginner's mind. So even if you you see a workshop and you're like, oh, I know how to do that. There's always something anyway, because you, you <laughs> yeah, it, there absolutely is. Well, thank you so much, Jodie. It's been so lovely to connect. Uh, I look forward to everybody having a total blast with you next week. And yes, please connect with Jodie. If you have any questions, you can um, catch her on Instagram. Um, and we've got a wonderful Facebook community as well, too. So you can pop in and share what you're making as well, because that's always part of the fun, too, yeah. is to see what yeah. everybody do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, hey, much love bye. and see you next week. <laughs> see you. Bye bye.